0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to John the 13th chapter. John the 13th chapter. Tonight, I'm going to share on the unfailing force of faith and love. May not get to it all, but I really felt tonight, to really felt compelled in my heart to talk about the God kind of love and the God kind of faith, to which, uh, to which we need if we're going to please God with our lives. If you agree, say amen to that. Amen. We need both of those forces operating our lives. And I'm beginning, I, I was actually here in 1 John, which we'll get to, but in John the 13th chapter, we'll begin there reading just a few verses in the King James Version. Now... Uh, John 13, Jesus said in verse 34, Now a new commandment I give unto you. It wasn't new to Jesus, but it was new to them. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Lift your hand if you know that God loves you unconditionally. Amen. Amen. And then he goes on and says, By this, this love in action, by this kind of, Love behavior between you and others. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. Now go to, um, oh, I want to read the Passion. It says, love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. Amen. And isn't that what we want in our lives? To people to know that we're true followers of Christ? And it really will be known by our love walk. And then in chapter 14, verse 15, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I want you to keep the word keep in your thoughts. Keep my commandments. And now if we drop down... To verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Somebody say amen. amen. So there, he, then he goes on. Oh, let me read verse 22. Judas said unto him, not, not, it wasn't Judas Iscariot. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto Judas, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Isn't that powerful? Just a beautiful promise of those who are willing to keep God's word. Hallelujah. Now, the word keep there, or the word keepeth, in the Greek means to guard from loss or injury. To guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon Amen. Now, really, it's true, isn't it? That when we get out of love, it causes injury uh, regarding our relationships. Within those relationships, injury, which can uh, continue to create in us also loss. Loss of um, I wrote things down. Loss of one's faith. Loss of your peace of mind. Loss of harmony and close fellowship. Loss of healthy communication, and even it can be a loss of our own health, yeah, right. that when our when our relationships are being attacked and we're not allowing love to work in them. If, and then the the word means. Keepeth it means to guard from loss to guard anytime you anytime you think about guarding something that thing you're guarding must be of some kind of value if you agree say amen, amen. it has to be of value amen valuable enough even to take the risk of trying to steal it. And that's exactly what the devil comes. The Bible says that, well, 1 John 10, 10, uh, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill and destroy. So he comes to steal the love life out of a believer because when he steals the love life out of a believer, not only does your faith not work, you stop representing the one you love the most. How many love Jesus more than anything in your life? Amen. Amen. You have to. He's got to be the first love of your life. So this, guarding this and keeping God's word is the most important thing in your life. Jesus says, was literally saying, if a man loves me, he will guard and protect my words uh, of, of love, my words of life. The word love there is the word agape, which we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. And the word life there is the word zoe. It's not only the love of God, it's the life of God that you want manifesting in and through your life. Hallelujah. God said, my words of love exercised on a daily basis, not only will liberate your life, but will increase the value of your life so that people actually begin to recognize the presence of God in your life. And I think to me, that's the most important thing about a Christian life is that people recognize there's something in you that they need. Amen. And not so much by what you say, but how you live. Amen. Amen. But it is important what you say also. And um, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you agree, say amen. And the Holy Spirit, he actually confirmed this through Solomon in Proverbs four. He said this, my child, pay attention. And that's something how our parents said that, you know, pay attention, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they, God's words, bring life to those who find them, watch this, and healing to their whole body. And then the next word in the King James is keep, but here it's called guard. It's the word guard, which it means that. Guard your heart above all else, for it, or the health of it, or the lack of it, uh, of the health of it, it determines the course of your life. And it's true every time. Your heart determines the course of your life. And so many relationships End up, quote unquote, getting divorced because we simply stop exercising the force of love. Remember what Paul said about love in 1 Corinthians 13 4? God's love never fails. Thank you, never fails. Say it out loud. God's love never fails. Say it again. God's love never fails. Well, actually, God's love exercise never fails. Amen. That's our part. That's what makes relationships work. That's what makes a marriage work. That's what makes sibling to sibling work is the exercise of love, the God kind of love. Where we actually value the person that we're facing more than we value our own personal opinion. Amen. We were talking about it today, Grandy and I. Everyone is right in his own eyes, but God weighs the hearts. Amen. Amen. Are you out there tonight? Yes. Wow. Smile at me then. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Love, we're talking about the love of God. All right, Galatians 5 6. This is Paul writing. He says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor, uncirc- nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh, or is, that word worketh is the English word energy, worketh or is energized, beloved. So Paul was trying to get across to both the Jews and the Gentiles. See, a Jew was circumcised. A Gentile was uncircumcised. A Jew that was circumcised believed he had the edge over the uncircumcised just because he was circumcised. But but Paul talked about Romans, the second chapter, is that if if you being uncircumcised live as the circumcised, are you not then? If the uncircumcised live like the circumcised, are you not then the are not then the uncircumcised circumcised? Wow, some of you'll never get that. Wow. If the person says he is a walk with God, but doesn't walk with God, and the person that doesn't have a walk with God actually walks with God, does he not, is he not more like God than the person who says he is? See, we make such a big deal, we really do, and it's out of, you know, this thing called being born again, you know, being born, oh, I'm born again. But my goodness, there's a lot of people that carry that title, but there's no evidence that they are. So they can say they're circumcised, but actually they're not. I'm talking about in the heart. Stop and think about that. Stop and think about the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. The weight and responsibility we carry for simply saying, I'm a Christian. That's why the world doesn't flock in like they should because we have been more the fault of being uncircumcised even though we're saying we are. (laughs) I'm talking about in the heart. Amen. Amen. The Amplified says, for in Christ Jesus, and I just simply added this because that's what he's saying, for anyone who is in Christ Jesus Neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Isn't that good? That's such a powerful statement. Hallelujah. Amen. So God's love is not only the spiritual foundation of our faith, his love is the spiritual force that keeps our faith alive and active because faith is energized by love. No, why in the world is our love life attacked? Because when it's attacked, your faith has lost its power. Mm. Raise your hand if you can actually say, I need more uh, messages like this of love. Just raise your hand. Well, thank you. I'm not alone then. Because I want you to know why there's warfare in your life when it comes to regards to the love of God shining through your life. We'll see more as we go on here. Now, There are four Greek words for love in the Bible. I'll give all four. I'm not going to teach on them. Storge, phileo, eros, and agape. And most relationships today are based on eros or sexual love. Well, I'll just simply tell you this. Storge love is a friendship love. Phileo love is a love that you have for your dog. Not cat, just dog. Only kidding. Only kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (sighs) And these things easily offended them. No, but I, <laughs> amen. Love. But Eros love is sexual love. And most of relationships today uh, uh, that begin, begin with sexual love. And then we wonder why we're having such a challenge in our relationships. Because we still haven't learned the importance of of uh, agape love. Agape love is a selfless love. It, agape love is a, a subservient love. Agape love is, is uh, unconditional love. Yeah. How many are grateful that God is the God of agape love? Yeah. Amen. Agape, the very love of God. Hallelujah. God's love is so great that it compelled him to offer his only begotten son up to a world that was sinful, but a world he still loved. And he still loves the world. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to 1 John. That was big John. Big John. That was... (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Only one guy got that. Hallelujah. Uh, Big John. And then there's little John. Let's go back to little John. There's three of them. John, John wrote all of these. John wrote... Remember, John was the apostle of... Thank you. John was the apostle of love, say love, Love. meaning meaning of all the disciples, he was the one that had a revelation, listen, and walked in that revelation of unconditional love. And guess what? He's the only one that wasn't martyred. Because love never never fails. There would never be divorce. I'm talking about in marriage, never be a divorce in a church. I'm talking about people leaving one church going to another if love was exercised constantly. People, that's the frustrating thing about uh, even being a spiritual leader because a spiritual leader will let you down very often. That's why I told you before, when I stand up here and share, sometimes I say stupid things. Sometimes I say embarrassing things. And, and when I walk off the pulpit, I feel horrible because you know I don't want to fall short. I don't, uh, don't want to disappoint the congregation. But I'm just as human as you are. Amen. And when, even when I'm preaching, thoughts come throwing my. Okay, I can throw that one out. Oh, I'll take that one. I'll throw that one out. It's just constantly. It's not like I'm standing up here. I'm possessed with the Holy Ghost, and I'm just going to say, you know, I wish it was that way. I am possessed with the Holy Ghost, by the way, but he lets me choose my words. (laughs) Amen. First John, the fourth chapter. This is so good. Hmm. I'm going to read. There's so many verses, but I just read seven through 12. Let's go here. Now, beloved, let us love one another. Now remember, he's talking to the Christian family. For love is of God, and everyone that and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And again, not to be technical, again, but it's important you understand the word knoweth is the word spiritual intimacy. Is that you've gotten so close to God that you you've become pregnant with His character. That's what that word means. It's you know him, you've gotten so close to him that the very spiritual life that is in him gets imparted to you. How many want that in your life? Still, again, needs to be exercised. Let's go on. Now, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, read those next four words. Yeah, God is love. God doesn't have love. He does, but He is love. Okay? That's His nature. His nature is love. <laughs> Agape, pure love. Hallelujah. Um, untainted love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son. There it is into the world that you might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the atoning victim for our sins. Watch you look up to heaven right now and say, Thank you, Lord. "Thank you, Lord." See, it's so important that you communicate with God. Every day I'm communicating with God. Every day I'm practicing His presence, not just because I'm a minister. I go home, I, you know. I mean, we laugh because everybody knows this, you know, about me. I, I, I know I, I need help, but I love doing dishes. Amen. <laughs> wow. me too. I, 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 just, I mean, come home and, you know, I mean, if we get company, our kids, whatever, I'm, I love doing dishes. I, I think I've used my dishwasher probably five times since we moved to the house in April. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. I really love my dishwasher, but I just just I love I just love I love having that. I don't know if it's a, a, a just that servanthood heart. I just enjoy I enjoy doing stuff like that. Amen. Amen. Why did I bring that up? I haven't got a clue. Uh, idea why I brought that up. <laughs> I practice constantly talking with the Holy Spirit. In Constantly, constantly he's talking back to me. And every time I, every time. Now listen, don't think I'm some spook listening to strange voices. But you can develop a relationship with with the Holy Spirit to where he will be constantly speaking to you regarding every little aspect of your life. I go out in the garage, I need something. Oh, there it is. Sir, thank you so much. I'm constantly practicing his presence in my life so that I just don't assume everything. That what I got, something came from me. But it came, and especially when you get to be our age. Because when you get to be our age, I'm I'm just telling you what it is. Your mind isn't as sharp as it was 20 years ago. And so you depend upon this precious voice on the inside of you, and, uh, uh, and you rely on that for just about everything. And if you practice that young in your life, like Dill, young in your life, all of a sudden, when you're 30 years old, 35, you'll be listening to Holy Ghost. You'll miss so many painful things in your life because you listened and you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's just a wonderful thing. Even to where you're about to lose your temper. You're about to get, all of a sudden, you feel that prick inside of you. And all of a sudden, no, I'm not going to go there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How many know that we all have buttons that our, our, our mates know how to push? Okay, everybody put their hand down. We all have little, we all have little things in our lives where, and I'm telling you, you, do you know when life is really rich when you, you stop pushing the buttons? Hey Amen. Some of you look at me kind of ugly, so I'm going to keep going here. Verse 12. Oh, verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we are also to love one another. You agree? Say amen. Amen. No man hath seen God at any time. Watch this. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. All right. The word perfected there in the Greek is the word consummated in character. That's what it means. It means consummated in character. The word consummate means to exemplify a higher degree of skill or maturity. That means you've simply grown to the place where you respond out of spiritual maturity, not of your your spiritual immaturity. Which means I'm gonna give you a piece of my mind. I always tell people, don't you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen in the book of Acts, the sixtieth chapter, he exercised and exemplify the highest degree of spiritual maturity the person could. Because as he was dying, taking his last breath, he said these words, Father, lay not this sin against their charge. He was saying, Father, please, please wipe the slate clean in regards to what they've done to me. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. I mean, he's, he's being stoned to death. And he has the, he has the, he's been consummated to to Christ. He has been, he's been developing this relationship with God to where out of the abundance of his heart, he didn't say, God, I hope they get what's coming to them. And yet, how people do even far smaller things in our lives, and we respond that way. Amen. This was, I'm talking about Stephen, was the purest expression of God's love in motion. Anyway, let's move on. Romans, the fifth chapter, verse eight, Paul wrote this. He said, the love of God hath been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That word love is the agape. The agape love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which means every believer has the nature, the full nature of God on the inside of you. Listen. You don't have some of the nature of God in your spirit. You have all the nature of God. See, just as he is love, so are you on the inside. Come on, everybody. Is that awesome? You've got the full... When you got born again, the fullness of God's nature went inside of you. I just want you to catch that. I know that... I mean, I know... You know, and there's so many things to talk about in this, you know, where your warfare is coming from. But I just want you to know the fullness of God's love. And I, how many, when you got saved, you were excited about your salvation? I mean, you were excited. There was something, you were so excited. You were so passionate. Why? Because you had a, you had a revelation of the fullness of God on the inside of you. Amen. You may not be able to explain it, but you knew that something was different. That was the fullness of God's presence. Hallelujah. And so because that nature is on the inside of us, God expects that nature that is in us will come out of us. Amen. And guess what? Isn't that something? The world outside these doors isn't what's called you the greatest problems in your life. It's the relationships you have inside the sphere, the spiritual sphere of your life. Somebody get that, please. 1 no, John 2. Let's back up. 1 John, the second chapter, verse um, 3. Watch this. Hereby we do know that we know him, that's Christ, if we, there's that word again, keep or we guard his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Hmm. Let's go on. But whosoever keepeth, there's the word again, guards God's word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, or comes to maturity. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abides in Christ ought himself also to walk, even as Christ walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you have from the beginning. Okay, the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. And literally, John was writing about Genesis in the very beginning. And I'll prove it to you from the scriptures, okay? He was writing about the beginning of time. He was writing about Adam and Eve. Hmm. Let's go on. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'll finish this. Um, uh, eight, uh, nine. He that's, no, eight. Again, a new commandment I ran to you which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is passed and the true light now shines. He that saith he's in the light, watch this, and hates his brother. Now again, I always had trouble with the word hate till I discovered what it literally means in the Greek and I'm just making this up, this is true. It means, it means to, perse- to, detest, to detest so as to persecute. You detest the Christian law, you know. Uh, you detest someone who's hurt you, especially in the Christian uh, sphere, and and, uh, and uh, so that you want to persecute them. It can happen in a marriage. It can happen sibling to sibling. It, it can happen in a family relationship. It means to, to detest so as to persecute. That's what the word means, okay? So he's saying, he that hates or detests his brother is in darkness even till now. No, oh, oh, yeah, now watch this. Verse 10, he that loves his brother abides in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. No wonder the devil attacks your life, your love life. Because when he attacks your love life, you don't have any spiritual guidance for your life. All of a sudden, everything is blurred. Everything's confusing, Oh man, this this love life is far, far more important than what we realize. Let's go on. But he that hates or detests his brothers in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not whither he goes because that darkness has blinded his spiritual sight. And how many Christians live in darkness because they refuse to exercise the love of God? And we will never stand before God, ever. We won't ever stand before God and blame someone else for the situations we're in. Never, ever, ever. He has said, why don't you stay in love? Now, mind you, I have to say this because it's important. We've had people that come into this church whether their moronic husbands are beating their wives. I don't care how bad a woman is. Never woman is never, ever should be touched. Amen. So we have counselled people to leave the jerk until he gets his life in order. I'm sorry, but that just makes me mad. Amen. No man should ever, ever touch his wife, or even abuse her verbally. Amen. That's right. Or abuse him verbally. Anyway, that went over good, too. Let's keep going. So, hallelujah. When we choose, listen to this, not to walk in love, we are willfully choosing to yield to the nature of the flesh. Agape love, or God's love, is the foundation of every blessed relationship on the side of heaven, every marriage union relationship, sibling to sibling, and Christian to Christian. The only time God's love stops benefiting our lives is when we stop exercising it by faith. That's why many times, uh, again, I don't, I'm very transparent. I mean, you know, when it comes to, we've been together 50, Vicki and I, 52 years. But there's days, man, we're loving one another by faith. I know that, that shocks toward me, you know, I'm, I've got it together. I'm sure that shocks you, but come on. So it's very quiet in here because we're all stopping here for a moment and thinking about the realities of life, you know, because I just, I've never been one to just try to fake, you know, just, I'm very transparent, I'm as human as can be, I get angry, I get frustrated, I get ticked off, I, I mean, I'm just like you. But when it's all said and done, man, if you don't forget about it, and, and that's one beautiful thing that we've always had. It must be a gift from God. Uh, Vicki and I have always had this as pastors. People have do dumb things, but we, I mean, you've forgotten about the very next day. You don't even think about it. You don't even know. That's how beautiful it is. Amen. That's why you should never come to church and feel guilty that we might know something you've shared. Hey, man, praise God you, you, you what, wouldn't we talk about that it's like God so divinely um that maybe it's just simply the pastoral heart that we love we just love you no matter what so, will you love me the same <laughs> no matter what no matter what because love never fails oh, Can I have an amen? amen so when you come to church you know we're very transparent we don't come up here and tell you just how well we've got it together and hopefully someday you can get like us <laughs> if I said that, a lightning bolt might come down. And, <laughs> amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. First John three verse nine through twelve. I want to read this. We won't finish it all, but we're just having, just gaining some insight here. I'll pick this up later, uh, um, and talk about some some unbelievable great resolve to these challenges that we face in our love walk. We'll we'll answer some, some great questions for you. No one born or begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually. This is so powerful. This is John writing this. He said, no one born, how many are born of God tonight? Amen. No one begotten or born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practice a sin. For God's nature abides in him. I love this. His principle of life, the divine sperm, remains permanently within him. And he cannot practice sinning because he is born or begotten of God. So by this it is made clear who take their nature from God and who are his children and who take their nature from the devil and are his children. No one who does not practice righteousness, who does not conform to God's will and purpose, thought, and action is of God, neither is anyone who does not love his brother, his fellow believer in Christ. So he ties that all together. You mean you actually cannot love your brother? Of course. You mean you can actually not love your wife or your husband? Of course. If that's what you choose. But if you choose that, Then you have stopped at that moment. You have stopped yielding to the nature within you, and you're leaning to the nature without you, and that's your Adamic flesh nature. Amen. Love is a choice. Love is a fruit. Love is not a feeling. Amen. And and as you continue to sow it, it will always, it will always return a blessing, a harvest to you. Praise God. Can I have an amen? Are you getting something out of this? Absolutely. The conforming of all our thoughts and actions originate in the soul, your mind, will, and emotions. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, um, he says, oh, this King James, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your, uh, yeah, your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, holy, and that is a foreign word today in the body of Christ. Holy is a foreign word. I was grieved in my heart, and i have to wind this up, but I was grieved in my heart, literally sick to my stomach. In fact, it affected me so bad I couldn't sleep one night, the night I watched it. They did a documentary on Hillsong, and Hillsong has been a tremendous voice in, in the world, But some of the leadership got into moral compromise. And it just saddened my heart because the moment that happens, all hell, every news media, every form of hell, including many in the church, will just jump on that situation and crucify everything that has been done for the glory of God. And it just sickened me in my heart. It sickened me in my heart that they... they. um, made the mistake of putting young preachers in the pulpit with big, with big congregations because they can't handle it. And I watch it. I know a lot of you guys that just love and run after some of these young preachers because they, they, they're great communicators, they're brilliant in their minds, but I'm telling you, they lack maturity, and, and they, they have to be forewarned that if they don't watch it, man, I'm telling you, the devil has set a trap for them, and, and, and it's just the way life is, and it's been happening through the course of humanity, But it just saddens my heart because the gospel gets tainted and then Christians get offended instead of forgiven. They go on TV and they hammer it even more. It's just so sad. It just grieves my heart. And I was saddened. I was saddened in my heart. I was not applauding. I was not, oh, they got what, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, damnable mark against the church and against the gospel and everything holy that we stand for. These boys just didn't recognize the responsibility they have. The leadership, and, and we, we heard this and it turned out to be true. They would literally have Bible studies and then they would go to the bar and party after Bible studies. Well, how, who got that? Where did that come from? It came from a culture, a culture of compromise. There's nothing wrong with having a few drinks, there's nothing wrong with partying a little bit, but they don't realize where it leads to. It leads to death ultimately. And it's just, man, we got we to gotta pray for one another, Absolutely. love one another, yes. stay in faith together. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen? And not sit on some kind of a, a arrogant pinnacle, uh, pinnacle thinking that we, you know, we're better than everybody. We're not. But I want to be smarter than everybody else. I want. I really want. I was just telling the Lord the other day. I said, Father, thank you. All these years you have kept... You've you've kept me all these years you've kept me Amen. You kept me uh, so I don't end up falling into you know the compromises that preachers fall into and end up in front of the newspaper end up you know just all the rest of your life you're scarred and you're broken and you're depressed because men just made one mistake It takes a lifetime to build spiritual character it takes a moment to destroy it Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He goes on in verse two. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's it? I'll say that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I wrote down a different translation. The message Bible says it beautiful. Um, well, before I say that, the word transformed is where we get the English word, it's metamorpho. We get the English word metamorphous. And, and, and that, what does that mean? Well, God's perfect will, think about this, God's perfect will for the caterpillar is for it to become a butterfly, so it does no longer has to be uh, crawling on the lowly dirt of the ground. Hallelujah! it <laughs> turned into something amen. that has wings. It can fly above all the challenges of life. Can I have an amen. That's such a beautiful display. So God was saying that He said it's it's a metamorphous process in your life. Don't be conformed or fashioned to this age. It says in the um, uh, message. Well, we we'll read the message in a moment. Uh, in or the Amplified says it, but you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed metamorphosis by the renewing or the renovation of your mind because this 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 is where all warfare originates right here amen and the, the word metamorphosis is an interesting word it was remind me of, uh, 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 of you when you were separated for a time uh, uh because the you allow the, a metamorphosis process to take place in your life that's what it, you cannot leave church and step back into the puke uh, of your uh, of your of your worldly practices and your worldly friends and expect for the metamorphosis process to take place the metamorphosis process is so beautiful do you know why that that little worm has instinctively god put inside of it that it literally builds its own uh, Cancun Cancun, that sounds good. <laughs> cocoon. In Cancun. No. In, it's a, <laughs> this ain't easy. <laughs> a cocoon it, and isolates itself until the divine process comes to fruition. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Yeah. Well, that's the same with you. That's why you come to church. Every time you come through the doors and you to send it to the word, the metamorphosis process has taken place. And you're being transformed. And your mind is being renewed. So when you leave here, hallelujah, all of a sudden, you've got some spiritual authority in your life. And you don't let the devil get back into your life. I'll read the message and then we'll close. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, verse 1. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now don't become, means you could, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. Why? Because he'll convict you and he'll, he'll, he'll transform you. Fix your attention on God. Hallelujah. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And the Lord said to me, it's way easier to conform than it is to be transformed. Isn't that something? Conforming is nothing. It just happens on a daily basis. But transform, transforming takes a disciplined life. Amen. And the Lord said this to me, God inspires what he requires. Isn't that good? God inspires what he requires. I mean, if he requires something, man, he's going to grace you for it. He's not going to say good luck, you know. No, he's going to grace you. He's gonna, that's why he gave you the precious uh, Holy Spirit to live inside of you. Can I have an amen? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 930 as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.